Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. All right, well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm in McAllen, Texas, and pretty excited because we are on a trip with Americans for Prosperity Foundation. Came down to the border to, to visit the border. I haven't been down here since I was a little kid. Um, that's, I think that's the last time. I don't know that I've ever been to McAllen, Texas, but I've been to the border you know, as a kid. It was very different then. It's, it's uh, much different now, I think, than, than it used to be. And I'm excited about it because we're going to be touring with the, uh, the Customs and Border Patrol tomorrow and Catholic Charities and some of the other organizations that are down here and learning firsthand about what's going on at the border. And I'm really excited. We brought a whole group of folks down here through Americans for Prosperity Foundation. And we, we are trying to gauge what their view is coming into this trip and what it's like as they leave. And I'm joined right now by Rob Axon uh, from Utah. Rob uh, spent some time being the state director for Senator Mike Lee, who we've had on the podcast, is a, is a great policy champion um, for Americans for Prosperity. And then um, in addition, Rob just has been elected uh, as the new chair for the uh, state party, state Republican party in Utah. And so Rob is down. You do other things, I'm sure, Rob, besides all that politics stuff, right? No, That's uh, a fun stuff. Of course. Uh, you know, a lot of fun stuff. Utah is a great place to live, I have to say. Uh, a lot like uh, I presume Texas is and right. other communities across our country, but Utah's a great place. Glad that I got to work for Senator Lee as long as I did. Certainly glad to be working now and, and volunteering to help build the Republican Party in the state and hopefully fight for good principles. Sure. Well, well, thanks for all, all your good work there. Um, so Americans for Prosperity Foundation, obviously trying to, to just bring folks down here and educate them on the, uh, the, the, the issue of the border and the things that are going on here, what the situation is like. We all hear about it every day. And so um, what we're going to do in this episode of the podcast is we're going to talk to Rob before we go see the border, because we're going to go tomorrow and see the border and we're going to go as a group. And then I'm going to have Rob back after tomorrow, and uh, we're going to see that. So this is going to be like a split episode. We'll be wearing different shirts and stuff yep, probably absolutely. tomorrow. Huh? Yeah. I, I mean, heck, I'm just wearing what I wore on the plane flying down there here. So. Now, let me tell you, I'm, I'm a little worried about Rob because I've never met Rob before today, and we literally pulled up in a black van in front of the hotel. Now, Monica was calling him and saying, hey, we're coming to get you and all of that. But the guy, we're just miles from the Mexico oh, yeah. border, and he just jumped in the van. Yep, just jumped right in. And <laughs> when you asked me, Jeff, I told you, well, Utahns are a bunch of trusting people. So we're down here. I trust you. I trust the good people of McAllen. And, and now let's see what we can learn. So so true. Well, anyway, we're, we're happy to have you. So have you ever been to the U.S.-Mexico border in your life? Uh, in Arizona, but like okay. you, it was years and years ago. I think I was in high school and I had an aunt who was living near the border at the time. I don't even remember the town. Okay. And I visited her for like all of a day and a half. Okay. I remember going to Tombstone. I don't so much remember seeing the border. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing this firsthand. Yeah. So what's your expectation as you go down? Like, 
we see what we see on TV, right? And, yep. and I mean, I, I'm just, I'm anxious to see what my eyes are going to show me tomorrow. Yeah, I think the the word that comes to mind for me is is angst. There's a lot of angst around discussions that are happening about the border and right. policies concerning the border, whether we're talking about communities like McAllen that are being overrun with challenges and, and just the scope of what you can maintain and, and handle, whether it's within your healthcare system or your education system or, or right. jobs. Uh, but then, of course, you've got a whole plethora of of challenges with the cartels and the nonsense and the evil that they're engaged in. And so certainly looking forward to seeing that. Most importantly, I'm looking forward to seeing firsthand the human side of it. Uh, because in every tragic story and every challenge or opportunity around immigration and border security that we talk about, these are real people, whether they're American citizens, immigrants, legal or otherwise, these are real people that are engaged in trying to provide for their family and create sure. a, a life that they're proud of. And I think that's important to look at. Yeah. When you hear about border security, and I don't think there's any doubt most people understand and look at this and say, we've got to be able to control our border. Every country in the world has that right to control their border. Mexico con has control over mm -hmm. their border when they choose to. America should also have uh, border security, particularly, you know, we want to welcome people who want to come and, and give to society and be uh, productive members of society. But we also want to, the ability to keep people out who would do us harm. And that's certainly a, a concern. But what, what do you think of when you hear the term border security? Yeah, I think border security, uh, one of the things that first comes to mind is the idea and the difference between the front door and the back door. And I think border security, when implemented appropriately, we're creating opportunities for people to come in through the front door. Uh, and we should remove barriers of entry and, and streamline that process, but it's a front door experience where inefficient or insecure borders or divided political uh, contention leading to differences uh, of opinion on how to address the issue, that's creating more of a backdoor situation where some people are coming, some aren't, some are having a good experience, some aren't. Uh, so definitely, I think effective border security, it protects our country's national interests mm -hmm. and national security interests, especially, but it, it's creating that front door experience. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot on this podcast about government imposed barriers. Yeah. And uh, this is certainly, I mean, I look at America and all of the problems that we have in America, so many of them are caused by government. Yep. You know, whether you look at inflation or you look at, you know, the, the gas prices, right? It's, it's the overregulation of industry and things like that. It's, it's always seems to be government and it's kind of no different here. Um, it seems to me that, that our government is sending a signal mm -hmm. to migrants. And in my view, they're putting those migrants, that signal that we're sending is putting the migrants themselves in, in precarious, deadly situations in a lot of cases, but also these communities like McAllen, Texas, that are on the border. And it, it just seems like this could, there's a better way to do it if we, if we had some maybe political will in the Congress and with the President of the United States and the administration to maybe solve for that. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree more, Jeff. Uh, in fact, there's a term that I only heard from somebody recently called bureaucratic violence. And this is what big <laughs> government does. Sure. Is it creates, and, and not even necessarily intentionally, it's just a nature of big government. It creates bureaucratic violence. And I think the 
border, certainly, and immigration policy generally, it, it has so many layers of bureaucratic challenges and so many divisions where people aren't talking one with the other. And then you have the political component on top of that. And it's not trying to be, but it is bureaucratically violent to the communities around the border. It's mm -hmm. bureaucratically violent to the people trying to come into our country. It's bureaucratically violent to, to really solving the issue. And that, that is a, a very difficult process. And you also mentioned this idea of, of incentives. Right now, policy being set by this administration specifically, but Republicans have been guilty of this at times too, you're creating policy that incentivizes people to, to come and engage with our border and immigration to the United States in ways that is not safe. Mm -hmm. And you look at some of these numbers, especially within these caravans that are being used for political posturing and, sure. and, and political tools while also being uh, abused by the cartels and, and traffickers and whatnot. The rates that I've heard about on, for example, sexual violence against young people and against girls right. and women, these are at rates that, that it's, it's heartbreaking and gut-wrenching and it's a tragedy. And yeah. every time I've ever talked about or heard about people who have been victims of, of sexual abuse or sexual assault, the numbers of reporting versus actuality, there's a giant division. Right. And so if we know that the, the reported numbers around the border are at about 40 some odd percent, maybe a little bit higher than that, the actual numbers are sadly probably higher. Right. That's the consequences of bad policy and bad government bureaucratic violence that even if it's not intentional, we're creating a space where human beings are being treated awfully. And right. that just can't, that can't be okay. And we've got to solve that. Right. What do you, uh, what do you expect to see tomorrow when we go to the border? Um, I expect to see, I think, some sad situations mm -hmm. and hear some sad stories. And yet, I also expect even in those same people telling some of their experience that, that may be challenging to hear, I expect, too, to see hope in their eyes. And that's part of what I love about people. And it's what I love about people who have helped me throughout my life. I mean, we all have our challenges, the ups and downs. It's the fact that the human condition is one that has hope, even at times where hope isn't really the thing that you think that would be there thriving and right. burning bright. And so I'm excited to see that because that's where I think we can solve some of the challenges is in spite of knowing that we're not in the place we want to end up, there's still the hope that we can get policy to the right direction. We can mm -hmm. get implementation of rules and laws and order in the right direction. And we can also create a space that is humane, but in, rather than incentivizing danger, we're incentivizing collaboration mm -hmm. on immigration policy with immigrants and with other countries and certainly within right. our country. What about, uh, what about Customs Border Patrol? Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you expect to see out of their daily struggle tomorrow? Oh, that, that's where I think we're going to see some fatigue. I yeah, can only right. imagine what they're going through. Uh, this was pointed out uh, earlier today in some of the discussions that we've had um, with some that are in our group, that the number of Border Patrol agents, and, and I believe this was Border Patrol agents nationally, but it may have just been the southern border. So I want to make that, that uh, clarification here. There are fewer in Customs and Border, Protect, or border Protection, excuse me, than there are police officers in New York City. Yeah, I heard them talk about that. I mean, think how crazy that is. And yet yeah. it's a 2,000 mile plus right. Southern border that they're trying to guard and protect our country's safety and national interests yeah. and, and you know, prevent criminality and prevent uh, drug trafficking and prevent 
sex trafficking and, and human trafficking while also dealing with all of these people, good, bad, and otherwise that are yeah. coming through the border. Like I can't imagine what they're up against and God bless them on their efforts. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's staggering to, to hear these stories and to see some of the things that have happened to these border patrol agents who are doing, you know, they're doing their job. They're yep. law enforcement trying to protect our country. We've asked them to do that. And then it seems like we aren't really giving them the tools uh, to do that in a way. So I'm anxious to see that as well, well. And, and keep in mind, just because we have some constitutional protections, that means our army does not engage in some of the duties that an army would provide in other countries. Mm -hmm. These law enforcement officers that are effectively a police force, they're right there on our border. I mean, this is a right. national security component too. So on top of the policing effort, that this is the same level of degree of support and protection for our country that they're providing that we would normally apply to military. And so yeah. just again, think about what is on their plate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fascinating. Now we're going to go down tomorrow and then we're going to come and record the back half of this podcast yeah. and talk about what we saw. So I'm looking forward to that. Now you got to promise me that tomorrow, if a car pulls up and says, you know what, Rob, why don't you hop on in? At least give it a second okay. thought tomorrow. So Jeff, it's, it's the buddy system. Please keep an eye on me. If you see me walking to the van, say, hey, hey, hey come back hey, this hey, way. Come on over here, Rob. Yeah, I got to show you something. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's it's great to meet you. I look forward to tomorrow and, and all the great stuff we're going to do. Oh, absolutely. So. I, I'm looking forward to it too, because you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. so I think tomorrow I'm going to know a little bit more than I know right now. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll be, we'll be back uh, with more. Uh, Rob and I are going to go take a tour with what I think there's about 40 people on this uh, yeah. is what I've heard. Right. Yeah. 40, Good group of people. 60, 60 people. Monica says 60 people, 60 people on this trip looking forward to uh, tomorrow, seeing what the challenges are at the Southern border. And then Rob and I'll be back to talk about that. All right. So Rob, we spent today. Uh, what a day. A long day. Good long day. day. Long day. It's, it's late at night. Uh, down here in McAllen, Texas, Rob and I, and I guess it turned out to be 60 some people on two buses toured the wall. We toured uh, Customs and Border Patrol, and we also went to Catholic Charities yep. today and yep. saw a lot. So, I mean, I, I learned a lot today. I really did. And this is a very, very complex issue. There's no doubt about it. But I, I want to hear from you. What was the most surprising thing. Well, let me ask you, what's the most surprising thing you heard from Customs and Border Enforcement today? Oh, good question. Um, I don't know if I heard anything that was all that surprising. Mm -hmm. and, and part of that is having worked for a member of Congress for 13 sure. years, I've been exposed to a lot of that. Right. Uh, and I've heard uh, a lot of the briefings and things around what issues they're, they're facing. Right. And so I don't I don't believe I, I necessarily heard anything new, but it, it certainly reiterated many of the challenges and uh, the cyclical nature of, of the challenges around immigration, where you'll have moments that there's this, whether it's a caravan or a push or a surge on immigration for whatever reason, whatever incentive is creating that, that you have to address. But there's also all of the other aspects that they're having to deal with. Because think over the last couple of years, in addition to uh, our, our traditional immigration process of people who are looking for economic freedom. Um, you also have uh, the, the challenges with Afghanistan, the challenges with Ukraine, the challenges with, with fentanyl and the drug crisis and cartels. Like you have these other pressures right, right now. Yeah. So I think that 
just hearing them reiterate that, it, it goes to show the, the full breadth and depth of complexity of yeah. what they're facing. Most surprising thing I learned, I will say, was that we have the, the New York Police Department has 35,000 police officers yep. and personnel, and the U.S. Border Patrol has 20,000 for all of I the United States. They even said it was closer to 19 right now. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Definitely, definitely understaffed. Yeah, no question. So what is the what is the most surprising thing you learned today? I think the most surprising thing, and I, I believe if I remember right, we mentioned this yesterday and we were talking about, and I was specifically saying how I was looking forward to seeing it for myself because it's different learning and, and studying and reading and watching the news and seeing it for yourself. So for me, even more impactful than seeing the wall in a handful of different places where we went and saw different iterations of the wall, the George Bush wall, the Governor Abbott wall, the right. Donald Trump wall. Yeah. Um, more impactful than that was actually when we went to the local water conservancy district. So a private organization and a parcel of land that they own is they're providing water services to McAllen. And they are right there on the Rio Grande. And so that was very impactful for me to see the Rio Grande River, where really it's a, just a, a good baseball throw to the other side. Yeah, it was Mexico. Even yeah, guys like us with bad arms could probably oh, get a football. I, I could definitely get something yeah. across that. <laughs> uh, and that was, that was not only, uh, I, I think, very important to see, and, and it connects with a lot of the experiences of watching the news throughout my life, but it also is a reminder. I mean, we've all seen those videos some of them are interesting and some of them are tragic of people crossing the river or those who have died trying to cross the river right. and different things. And, and so being there, I definitely took pause and, and just took it in and, and thought about that as it related to this issue. Yeah. And we, we have an entire podcast off, uh, episode with, with him, the person who gave us the briefing from the water district. I'm excited about that. But, you know, surprising too, I, I was really struck then about the, the private property rights aspect mm -hmm. of this. Imagine if you're a rancher and, and just trying to deal with this. It's just, it, it's, it's almost insurmountable, you know, the problem. And uh, how do you deal with it? The yep. safety issues. I mean, he talked about, and I don't want to give it all away in, in the podcast episode, but he talked about, you know, his staff being, having to be armed because yep. they're worried about safety. Uh, from folks coming over and um, just, I thought fascinating. Um, remind me his name. What What is it? Othel? Orthel. Mm -hmm. so, Orthel. So what I would recommend, so yeah. any of you guys that are watching this now, watch that episode too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. He had fascinating stuff that he was talking about and, and his perspective as a lifelong resident of yeah. McAllen. I mean, this is his home. Yeah. And um, again, I won't steal any of his thunder, but something that, that I was struck by is as he was talking about, this is my home, my community. This is where I raise my family, where I work. And, and it really is that it, it's a story of challenges that sometimes American communities feel like they are uniquely and solely facing the consequences of. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the country needs to realize that this issue is not something that we can relegate to the sidelines right. and not pay attention to because there are communities of our fellow citizens who are struggling and they need our help to solve this. Yeah. Speaking of needing help and struggling to solve it, we also visited Catholic Charities today. Mm -hmm. um, for, for anyone who has any amount of compassion, no matter what your view is on this issue, and you could be 
you know, I'm, I'm a pretty strong border security guy, right? I just believe in the rule of law. But I got to tell you, I had a hard time in there kind of walking through and seeing these kids yep. um, who are impacted. Um, what, your, your thoughts on, on that visit to Catholic Charities? So, so a couple of things, uh, your statement that you just made about being a, a strong law and order type yeah. guy and it leads you to, to believing in the importance of border security. I'm in the same boat. And yet my compassion for their experience and seeing some of these stories and hearing some of these stories, uh, it actually leaves me even all the more committed and, and firm in my belief that we have to create border security because it's not just about our national security, though that's incredibly important. It's also about these people's stories. Mm -hmm. And what we're creating right now on our southern border is a situation where so many more instances and opportunities for victimization is occurring. Um, I have to tell you, as a Utah, uh, I'm proud of my state. Utah always is at the top of the list for the most volunteer oriented. Mm -hmm. we, we give the most time, the most, the highest percentage of our income to, to philanthropy and charities. So very much this spirit of like building community is at the heart of what it means to be a Utah. And gratefully, while Utah is at the top of the list among our fellow states, the United States is at the top of the list among countries around the world. We are a generous people. And so I love seeing people in action, stepping into people's lives to try to build them up and give a hand up. And it's not just a handout, it's, it's lifting somebody up and putting your arm around them. And, and I think that was beautiful. I would encourage anybody to find places where they can relieve suffering, whether it's within an immigrant community or any other sure. challenge. Yeah. Um, but that was special to see and, and to hear these stories. But uh, again, I, I firmly believe we have to solve this issue so that families like that are not having incentives right now or false information that are leading them to very dire situations. Yeah. You know, what I was really struck by after visiting Catholic Charities was the problem itself, which we spent most of the day looking at, the, the border wall, the surge of immigration, uh, all of that stuff. That's caused by bad government policies, right? It's caused by an administration that is, you know, just turning a, a blind eye to all of this. But the solution was not government, was it? The solution no. was a Catholic charity, good people, Americans who are good, decent people doing everything they can to find a solution and help in a pretty difficult situation. 100%. And uh, it's, it's really all about connection. And it doesn't matter what challenging situation we're talking about or what issue we're talking about. Even you look at the opioid crisis affecting many places around the country. And certainly there's an immigration nexus to fentanyl and everything else. But oftentimes people in the advocacy space that are trying to help people suffering with addiction, they'll, they'll comment that the opposite of addiction is, is not sobriety, it's connection. That when somebody's connected, they have the means to seek and, and obtain sobriety. And I think it's the same even with complex issues like this, is the importance of connection when we connect with people. And that's where big government can oftentimes be the problem because we defer the responsibility rather than connecting with this person in need or a neighbor or a family member. We defer to the government to solve the issue. So by deferring our virtue and our commitment to building connection, we leave ourselves ill-equipped as communities and as a country to actually solve the issue. Yeah. And so I, I think that absolutely we need to all step in. And in so doing, we can still hold government's feet to the fire. of, Hey, fix this problem, guys. Get out of the way. But a big part of it is building community, having McAllen come together as McAllen to solve the issue, but doing so in partnership with the rest of Texas 
their neighboring states and the country at large. Yeah. Uh, I was struck at border, uh, at the border patrol meeting this morning too. I thought they were pretty open about their, what they thought would work and what wouldn't work. I mean, they clearly said a wall works. Yep. It helps. They, right? they said it time and time again. Yeah. And we had uh, border patrol agents who were there 25 years of service yep. and things like that. And, and everyone to a person said, the wall works. Yep. It, it's not it doesn't have to be a wall everywhere. That's impractical. But it but it and does it's not work. the only piece. And it's not the only piece. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. They, they talked about. I think uh, they said technology, infrastructure, meaning the wall, and personnel. Yep. And we're woefully inadequate on all of those. It seems. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and again, it's an example of federal government that refuses to do the hard work. I mean, heck. Not to, to be part overly partisan here, but we have an, an administration right now yeah. that has the, the person at the head where the buck supposedly stops who has not even been here during his administration. And the person who he's put in charge of that, his number two, came once and from what I understand stayed in the big city mm -hmm. that had been cleaned up of the issue sure. prior to her arrival. Right. Come on, right. show up at the border, go to the same places we went to and others and see for yourself. Yeah. And that's, I think... It, absolutely important and i would challenge this administration uh, to get out of washington dc get away from the boardroom and actually show up here at the conservancy district at catholic Ser family services and right. and all of these other places where they could see firsthand what inaction by a large federal government is creating yeah i was looking i was i was struck i, I got emotional watching at catholic charities today and watching little kids and you're wondering how many of these little girls had been assaulted mm -hmm. on the trip here. How many of these you know, kids are being abused? How many of these women are being abused? And again, it's our government yep. policy that is causing that. And, and this should be an outcry on the part of the American people to, to solve this. When we talked yesterday, I think I referenced similarly uh, some of the concerns I have of, of safety for young people and right. for women. Uh, and the same is, is true today. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, in some of my volunteer efforts, I'm a sexual assault victims advocate, certified through organizations in the state of Utah. It's definitely an issue that I'm passionate about of bringing health and recovery and safety to, to people who have been victims of assault. Right. And on our border right now, we have countless people who are being victimized and young children who are being victimized. And the trauma of that is something that will affect them for their entire life. Shame on us for not getting a, a handle on this right. and figuring out how to remove the incentives that are creating situations where victimhood is, frankly, it's probably, like we were saying yesterday, over 50%. It reports at just under 50% at the low to mid 40s. It's probably higher. That, that's a travesty that we cannot be okay with. As a dad to three young boys and a young daughter, I, I cannot imagine I can't imagine what that's like for a parent. I can't imagine what it's like for a young person, especially in pursuit of a dream. Their, their hope of, hey, let's go to a place where we can live and thrive and everything else. And yet the worst experience in their life happens on the journey here. We, we've got to solve this. Yeah, we do. And I can see the emotion that you have. I have that same emotion I did today. It was very difficult uh, to, to, to watch that today. Um, last question. Has your opinion changed uh, coming through this whole trip? Has your opinion changed on either border security, the immigration issue, in any way? 
Uh, I don't know if it's changed, but there's there's definitely more nuance. There's more understanding now rather than an anecdotal experience of what I've heard through reading a story. I've yeah. now seen it and heard it firsthand from somebody. And I think that is, is absolutely important. Um, I am more convinced that border security has to be something that we address quickly. That it, whether you are somebody who falls on the side of, of protecting our borders for national security reasons or because that's our sovereign right as a country or anything else, or you're on the side of complete compassion. And uh, regardless of where you are on the spectrum of immigration policy, border security is a critical part of that. Yeah. And I think more people can be protected. Uh, uh, an immigration system that is more fair and, and open on the legal side can be facilitated with stronger border security measures. And so I, I'll be leaving more convinced that that's the right answer, but for a host of reasons, not just because of one side of the issue. It's actually the totality of the issue benefits as we can get our border, our, our specific border policies in line. Yeah. Well, Rob, thanks for, thanks for doing this, doing yeah. kind of the before interview. Thanks for being a part of the trip. Uh, that Americans for Prosperity Foundation uh, sponsored and brought us down. It was just, it was. I was fascinated with the day today. But thanks for thanks for doing the the after interview as oh, well. So. Absolutely, Jeff. It's been uh, good to be with you and, and to get to know you. And, and thanks to Americans for Prosperity Foundation. I think uh, private organizations, like I was talking about before, community, right? You're yeah. building connection. Yeah. Uh, and I think what AFP's foundation has done to, to provide these opportunities are important. So thank you. Yeah, you bet. Now, I will, I want the, the listeners to know this and the viewers to know this. Um, Rob didn't learn a thing about getting in a car with the stranger. I did. Because no. today, after all that he saw, it's true. He walked right over, jumped right into the car, and drove off with us and didn't know where in the world we were taking. Well, I told you, Jeff, when I got in the car tonight, <laughs> you guys gave me a bad example last time because yeah. we actually had a good time. And so well, I you just we created the scenario while well, jump in the car with Jeff and we're going to have a good conversation. <laughs> That's not usually the case, but thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us on the podcast. And this has been an amazing trip. We've learned so much and there's going to be lots of episodes based off of our experiences here. And uh, you're going to really, I think you're going to learn a lot by listening to these episodes. And uh, thanks to Rob for all the great work that he's done. Look, you can, uh, you can get connected with us by sending me an email, jeff at americanpotential.com. We'd love to have your thoughts and comments about the show. Uh, you can also catch up with us on social media. Catch us on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter and, uh, you know, interact with us on, on that social media. Take a minute, if you will, and give a five-star rating to us. We have over 800, I think we're approaching 900 five-star ratings on Spotify and on iTunes, probably about 700. So keep those coming in. And again, you can check us out. Go to AmericanPotential.com. You can go there, you can submit your own story and say, hey, here's a story of somebody really trying to be out there and break barriers. America truly does have potential. I'll tell you, we see it on the border. We see people risking their lives to get to the United States of America. And that is the answer to whether or not America really does have potential. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.